When you look at everything you've done and how your career as a, I don't even know how to describe you, and I, I, I hate that phrase, celebrity chef, so I'm not going to use that. But yeah, as I'm a, not. And as first, a, I'm not a chef. You are certainly I'm a celebrity. A home cook. You're a home cook. But <laughs> yeah. so, what would you say your influence has been? Well, if you had, if you've been, you are incredibly influential. Why? What is it? Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know that I am, but you know what I love? I love when I walk down the street and somebody leans in and says, "You taught me how to cook." Thank you. Yeah. And that to me is just, it just gives my life meaning that I never expected to have. I wrote a cookbook thinking I would, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next after I had a specialty food store, but I, I just didn't have anything to do. So I thought, well, I'll write a cookbook while I figure it out. I had no idea that's what I was going to be doing. So I, it's, it's kind of like my life. You've just got to jump in the pond, splash around and do something, and you never know where it's going to lead to. And that it led to a place where um, the way Julia Child taught me how to cook, I've been able to teach other people how to cook. It's just a great pleasure. And it's, it's just it's, extraordinary. There's, but there's, and there's something about you, I think, and you've described it as, particularly because all your Instagram followers are younger, many of them are younger. It's, it's a huge range, isn't it? A huge it's range of people. I mean, yeah. you've got older people, I'm sure, watching your shows from the Food Network from years ago. Yeah. When I mentioned the people I'm interviewing for this show, it's always the young people who said, oh, you're interviewing Ina Garten. That's oh, isn't that interesting? So, some, I don't think all of them even cook. I mean, people follow you who don't cook, but it's something about you and your persona. I mean, that sounds terribly grandiose, but it, it is something about your persona that, that people love. Well, I think it's accessible. It's not like um, first carve the pumpkin and then make pumpkin soup for it. It's like just make pumpkin soup and it's delicious. And people will... Um, it's about taking care of each other. I think we need that. And young mm -hmm. people don't have like mom in the kitchen anymore or grandma right. in the kitchen anymore. So they don't know how to cook. And mm -hmm. I think it's just one of life's great pleasures is to cook to, for people you love. And I think they kind of miss that. Did you yeah. think all those years ago when you were sitting no, in the White whatever. House? <laughs> the no, no, no. <laughs> so you were in, the, we have to go back here though, because you were in the White House working on nuclear energy policy, <laughs> working in science, really? <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and clearly something was missing. I mean, something, something drove you to leave. So you're in the White House, you have this job that most people would die for a yeah. job in energy policy and nuclear energy policy. In the, well, I wouldn't die for a job in nuclear. They wouldn't want me in nuclear energy policy, but <laughs> why so, they yeah. wanted me, I don't know. <laughs> they clearly did. <laughs> and yet something was missing. Um, I think a lot of things were happening at the same time. In my 20s, um, I kind of wanted to grow up to be Jeffrey. And he was in the State Department, worked for Kissinger, wrote policy papers. I, I, I mean, he was, I'm of a generation where women didn't necessarily go to work. Right. And so the role models we had were the men that were around us. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to be Jeffrey. And when I, you know, I was offered this job in the White House, I thought, okay, I'm on, this is what I want to do. But then I hit 30 and I just thought, this isn't me, this is Jeffrey. And I love to cook. I love to do renovate, renovate old houses. Um, I love the creative stuff. And I was, I was doing that as soon as I got home, but I wasn't doing it my work. And, um, I, I saw an ad for a business for sale, and it was a specialty food store. And I came home and I said to Jeffrey, that's what I want to do. And I, I, I think we all need one person to just believe in us. And he said, let's go look at it. So you threw it in and bought the Barefoot Contessa. Yeah. And you worked in that. 
insanely hard. Insanely hard. I mean, you, the White House must have felt like a breeze by comparison. <laughs> insanely hard, but I loved it. I would, I, I started five o'clock in the morning. I'd, I'd arrive when the bread bakers were arriving, and and then I would work in the store all day. Then I would do catering at night. I do like five right. parties at night. I come home at midnight or two in the morning, and then I do it all over again the next day. And I, mean, I, I just love the energy of it. I love the creativity, and I love that it was mine. I love that instead of $25 billion subjects like, you know, nuclear power plants, it was $25, but it was my $25. Did you, I mean, it's, it, I know what it's like, that whole Washington scene, because I live in Washington and kind of know lots yeah. of people that work in the White House. It takes quite a lot of courage and, and self-awareness to say, this is not for me. Because it's mm -hmm. like a kind of, it sucks you in that world where your identity is defined by, I work in the White House yeah. and I have a badge and I can get into the White House mm -hmm. and I'm I have important. A clearance. Yes, I have a clear exactly. energy. I have, a, <laughs> I have a clearance and I'm terribly important. <laughs> and then to say, actually, I'm going to go and run a shop in the Hamptons. <laughs> and that takes quite a lot of self-confidence. Well, let's just say my parents thought I was crazy and they did everything possible to convince me not to do it. <laughs> but Jeffrey was there going, if, if, if you... Um, do what you love. If you love it, you'll be really good at it. You got married at the age of 20, yeah. which is young. Yeah, totally. Even back then, it, this was Even young. then it was Even young. Then it was young. <laughs> but you also made a decision which is not very traditional, which was not to have children. Mm. And you made that decision young too. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit, about you knew you wanted to get married, but you didn't want children. Did you know you couldn't do what you wanted to do if you had them? Um, I think it's much harder. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's why I made the decision. Um, I'm actually writing a memoir now, and it's, I'm kind of looking back at my childhood. It was nothing I wanted to recreate. Right. And, um, and it's so interesting to look, I, I'm always looking forward to look back and realize a lot of my decisions were based on my childhood. And so um, I think that was really the motivating factor. And Jeffrey and I were just so happy together. You make very bold choices. Everybody wants to know, where, where am I going to end up? Forget where you're going to end up. You don't know where you're going to end up. All you know is that if you jump in the pond and you splash around, while you're there, you're going to look around and go, oh, that's really interesting over there. I think I'll follow it there and see where it brings you. Somebody described it to me once that if you're in a stream and you keep knocking against the riverbanks, you're in the wrong stream. What you want to do is be in a stream where the stream carries you along. And so I think it's, I'm always trying to find where that stream is, where it's going to carry me along. I don't know if you felt this, I felt it in my 20s that I was in a terrible rush and uh, that I had to yeah. do, oh my God, you know, and actually I remember the first time I got pregnant bursting into tears thinking, no one's ever going to take me seriously again, <laughs> I'm never going to work again and that's it, my career is over. And I wish I could have said to my younger self, it's okay, take your time, you've take your got time. lots of time. Mm -hmm. you, you talked about Jeffrey um, and how he's always believed in you and I know you once said that your mother tried to keep you out of the kitchen. I love the idea that you've made a phenomenal success out of the one thing you were not meant to do. <laughs> and, and is there a connection there? Probably. <laughs> I'm 75 yeah. years old and I'm still saying you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> do you still find it hard cooking? Yes. I always find it hard. But you make it, so how do you do that? How do you make it look so easy? And you make, That's, not just that you make it look so easy, you make <laughs> other people believe they can do it in a way that is easy. Well, first I've simplified a lot of things. I mean, right. I make it as simple as I can, but you know, I'm, I'm so, um, I have such a high standard for myself 
that when, you know, it's just like when, when I have people coming for dinner, um, the corn is different every single time. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's starchier, it's sweeter, depending on the time of year, um, whether it's from the farm stand or the grocery store. And um, I have a flavor in my head that I want everything to taste like and a texture. I'm, I'm looking for something specific and I'm miserable until I get there. <laughs> so I think cooking's hard because I, I'm hard on myself. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I keep doing it. And I, Jeffrey once said, I said to him, why do I keep doing this? Because it's so hard. And he said, I think if it was easy, you wouldn't be interested. You'd be, in be bored. <laughs> You'd be restless. So that really kind of, you know, I mean, people think I'm just like throwing things together. And, you know, in the no, no, 15 no. minutes before people are arriving, and Jeffrey's like chatting away. I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you still have that. That's still, still slight that. jumping off a cliff feeling. Yeah, yeah.